telling your story on Cam Glen Radio. Good afternoon to you. This is Telling Your Story. I'm David. Might be the first time in a while since you've heard me on the show. I think the last one I did was uh, contributed to one of the Christmas shows back in December. Uh, so it's been great to be back with you here this Sunday afternoon. And today, uh, it's not on my own, thankfully. I've got Anton, who 
you may have heard on Cam Glenn Radio and uh, reading out community announcements on some of our lunchtime and drive time programmes. And Brenda, who has became a bit of a familiar voice on Telling Your Story, and uh, you can catch her every Friday on the lunchtime show between 11 and 1. So today, we've covered this topic a couple of times, autism, uh, that's what we're doing today, but we're going to look at another angle because there's so many different experiences and in uh, so many ways it can affect, affect your mental health. So... Uh, so we're going to be looking at autism and hopefully with a slightly different take with Anton's experiences and Brenda's experiences. So stay tuned. Uh, we'll be here until two o'clock. Uh, track that we kicked off with was Cars by Gary Newman and this next track is Radiohead and Creep. Whatever you want, 
so very special I wish I was special But I'm a creep I'm a That's Creep by Radiohead here on Telling Your Story this Sunday afternoon. I'm David and I'm joined in the studio by Brenda. Hello, everybody. And Anton. Hello, folks. How are we? Hello, uh, Anton. So this is your first time on Telling Your Story, but you have been behind the scenes, seeing what it's all about and yeah, yeah, all that sort of right. thing. I so the broadcast assistant stuff. Yeah, so how does it feel you're actually behind the mic and you're going to be taking over this desk uh, pretty um, soon? A combination of terrified, but also really, really excited. So, bear with me, folks. You might hear some music when they're not supp- in the middle of somebody talking. <laughs> I'm sure it'll be all fine. Um, I'll, I, we can switch places, and I'll just make. I'll hold your hand, uh, metaphorically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So you're going to be talking. Uh, well, 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 a teaser. So you're. Uh, so you'll be bringing a bit of your own experiences in. Uh, so we're looking at autism and uh, older children, teenagers, uh, quite often. Some some aren't diagnosed to that kind of age range, so like from ten plus, uh, approximately one thirty four diagnoses. And back in twenty eighteen in England, we're actually in older children rather than the younger children that you might expect these days, because we are a bit more aware of autism uh, existence. So you're going to be bringing in a bit about your experience there about getting diagnosed as a teenager, despite there being signs from much earlier. Is that correct? Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, that's that's a hundred percent correct. So yeah. it'll be good to hear your story and then a bit about some of your youth work that you did. Yeah, I used yeah. to work with, um, you know, I used to work with kids with autism and, and other social disabilities. Excellent. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of interesting because the last time we covered autism, it was a, a show with John and Joy, and they had two people in from the National Autistic Society, South Lanarkshire branch, and uh, one of the guys uh, actually got a, his diagnosis in adulthood, so he was talking about what that meant, and uh, the fact that he sort of knew something wasn't right, but it took so long just to work out that it was autism, and uh, the relief that he felt, so it'll be interesting to hear how, how it felt for you, Anton, a bit later on. And Brenda, so uh, your experience is more uh, with family who's uh, got autism, Yes, yeah. On, on my uh, on my husband's side, his nephew, they have twins, and uh, both of them have got autism, and they're ten years old now. So it, we've sort of experienced it in the last ten years, but it wasn't diagnosed very early, unfortunately. Yeah, uh, you said uh, saying off where one of them is actually non-verbal, so uh, this usually means. Uh, as it says, the, the, the person isn't able to communicate. Uh, so it's usually through different behaviour responses or gestures. It might seem like they don't listen. And about 25 to 30% of people with autism are described as non-verbal. So we'll be hearing a bit more about the experience that you've had with your grandchildren. Yeah, that, that's uh, right, yeah, because the, the one that's non-verbal can get quite... Um, Rough with his sister, let's say, and uh, it's only through frustration, I would say, I think, because he can't 
express himself. So if she's draw doing drawing or something, he just rips it out of her hands and things. So yeah, yeah. But yeah, uh, but then of course he can't do the usual sort of disciplinary techniques that you would do with a child who's not got autism. So yeah. that's what make it even more more challenging. You can't do uh, the naughty step or time out or anything like no, that. No, that's it right. Yeah, no, yeah, you just have to work. hug them and and keep them close and just yeah, yeah. calm them down. Yeah, so I think we'll be in for a very interesting show. So um, we'll play on our track. Uh, some of the songs that I've uh, looked at has been some online suggestions of music that uh, from other people uh, that, that describe their autism journeys. So this one is Men at Work Down Under.
It's Men at Work down under here on Cam Glen Radio on 107.9 FM. Uh, this is Telling a Story. We're here till two o'clock before Alan Stevenson takes over. Uh, so we're talking about autism today, uh, in particular looking at a diagnosis of autism in teenage years and also looking at autism uh, when uh, one of the uh, when the person is non-verbal, which is what Brenda will be leading on. But first up, we'll, uh, we'll be handing over to Anton, who will be his first time using the desk and leading a bit of the show, so uh, we'll be excited to hear that. But just before we hand over to Anton, so a couple of things about autism in older children and teenagers. So some of the things to look out for, if they've got very special interests, um, sometimes might find it hard to take turns in conversations and having difficulty in keeping and making friends. I must admit, when I was doing this research, it started to make me wonder about myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but uh, again, uh, it's, a lot of these things don't, doesn't necessarily mean it's, uh, that, that, that the person might be autistic. Uh, but also autistic teenagers might have difficulty school, uh, coping with schoolwork and feelings of anxiety and depression uh, can be very common. And I'll say the other, but one in 34 diagnoses are in 10 to 14 year olds. So some of the tools that can be used to make a diagnosis can be watching how a child might interact with others uh, and the, the rate of development that, the, uh, that they're at at that point. Maybe an interview with the, uh, uh, the, the child and a parent uh, or teacher or, or, or other caregiver and also there might be some looking at the child's history so uh, things like so if a, this would be tied up with interviews so were they quite late in starting to talk or uh, a lot of developmental milestones so with that in mind um, we'll be handing over to Anton in the next couple of minutes but here is Snow Patrol and Chasing Cars which will be your sort of handover song We'll do it all Everything On our own We don't
It's Anton on the desk here at Cam Glen Radio 107.9. So, uh, I'm, I'm, as David was saying, I'm, do- I'm joined by Brenda, and I'm also joined by David now. We've had a wee bit of a switch around. Yeah, we have, yep. So, how are you feeling behind the desk? Aye, uh, like, it could be a shotgun, uh, so that should be quite interesting. Uh, good. good, right, stuff. so... First, first point of call, uh, we were talking about autism, David, and we were talking about adult diagnoses. I can say that I know quite a bit about that, uh, having gone through it myself. Okay, yep. Um, when I was 16, uh, I got a late diagnosis of autism, um, mainly because I had a downturn in my own mental health at the time, and it's just things weren't quite right. They'd suspected it for I was very young, but... Um, at the time, when I went to school, it was seen as more of a label, a negative label, than actually a positive output. Uh, yeah, so... Um, so, how did it come about that uh, that you, you said you had a bad turn in your uh, mental health? So, how did it come about that we went from uh, just your mental health feeling low to uh, becoming a, a, a diagnosis of autism? Uh, that's a good question, actually. Um, so... What ended up happening was, uh, during exam periods, I had a complete breakdown, um, but they reckoned that it was something a bit more there, uh, because I was, I went non-verbal for a a while, Uh, I went non-verbal, so they decided what will get you through the diagnosis process, and it turns out, yeah, I was autistic, as I said before, 
they'd all they'd always sort of suspected it, but um, it's sort of been forgotten about in my school um, until now, until then. So yeah. So if it was always suspected, was there any reason that it wasn't uh, was there was nothing done about it? Like were you not taken to the doctor to get a diagnosis whenever it was first discovered? Is when you're younger? No, actually, um, because again, when I was younger, it was seen as a label. Um, it was seen as a negative label. To be autistic, it was seen as a bad thing. Um, All right, okay. So, and then by the time you were 16 and got the diagnosis, had things moved on by that point? Aye, uh, there was a lot more positive attitude. There was a lot more resources out there. Um, like the, you had the National Autistic Society, for example, as you mentioned earlier. Yeah. Uh, and the school themselves were a lot more understanding at the time. Um, a lot more understanding by that point. Good stuff. So when you got that diagnosis, how did you feel on yourself after that? Um, that's a good question. It was a it was a mixture of a lot of different emotions, David. Uh, a lot of different emotions. Um, first of all, it had to be relief. Because this big sort of overarching theme of my life had finally been given a name. It had finally been this... How can I put it, people? Um, it had finally been discovered. It had finally been put to rest, as it were. Yeah. I finally had a name for it. Yeah. And what support did the school put in place uh, to fin- let you finish the rest of your exams? Um, so what support did they put in place? There wasn't really much they could do for the autism itself. Uh, I got a reader in Skype, mainly because I'm dyspraxic as well. Right. But in terms of like, the autism exam support, there isn't really much they can do except put you in a separate room for everything. But I got that anyways because I was getting a reader in Skype. Okay, well, uh, so that was already there, uh, but it would have been an option that if you hadn't been dyspraxic, uh, that uh, that could have been something they might have still been able to explore to try and just give you the best possible chance in your exams. Aye. You've got to be comfortable, there's no point in... Aye, you need to be able to do your best. You're not going to do that if you're not feeling, you know, you're not feeling 100%. Yeah, exactly, yeah. So, uh, yeah, so going back to uh, you were saying about the suspicions, so uh, earlier on when I was doing my bit, I did read out a little bit about some of the, the traits in autism in older children. So did, you, did any of that resonate with you? So, like, so specialised interests, not uh, really holding conversations? Aye, uh, uh, as you can probably tell, uh, I'm not exactly the greatest conversationalist on the air, but uh, the part that resonated with me the most there was the... The special interests. Uh, when he says it the first time, I don't know if you noticed, but I started. I actually started laughing and smiling under my breath um, because I've got loads of them. So I've got Magic the Gathering. I've got Warhammer Forty Thousand. I've got um, my books as well. I love to read. Uh, I really enjoy reading. I've also got video games. Um, what else is there? Uh, I like to collect stationery. Ah, okay. I like stationery. So the stationery one, that would probably be something quite really special. It's quite unique. Uh, uh, like the man himself. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so, uh, and when you say special interest, so these sorts of things, is it just like a passing thing or is it like proper obsessive? And um, like, how can I put it to you? Yes, in a sense, yes, it is. Um... Because once you're into that hobby, you're right into it. You don't get an option of ha- you know, being halfway there. Yeah. You're either in it at all, full blast, or you're not in it at all. Um, 
Yeah. Aye, uh, you don't really get the option. Like for example, my Magic the Gathering. Um, I could, I could talk about that all day, mainly because it's one of my big special interests. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, okay, excellent. I think what we'll do, we've been chatting for a good few minutes now, so. Why don't you put up one of your song choices, Anton? No worries. Next up is Bring Me To Life by Evanescence.
How are we, folks? Back at it again. I'm back with David and I'm back with Brenda. How are we all? Doing good, doing good. How, yep. how are you finding it so far, Anton? Aye, like I say, could be a shotgun, could be a shotgun. Um, I do apologise for any slight errors, uh, ladies and gentlemen. It's my first time behind the desk. It's all good. Well, I uh, bet no one actually noticed until <laughs> you said that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, we were just talking about the, the break there during the song, me and Brenda. We were just talking about the support for parents with kids with autism. Yeah. And I was just, uh, we were talking about it, and it came to my, my realization that there's a lot of support there for people, for the autistic person themselves, once they get the diagnosis. But if they don't get the diagnosis, they don't necessarily get the support. And as for the parents, um, from my own experience, because I was diagnosed so late in the game, um, there was no support for my mama, my mum and my dad. There was none of that for them. It was all a bit, It was all for me. Yeah. I. Because uh, I, I, I was just doing a bit of research on that and seeing what uh, the support there is now. You know, not in you. And there's quite a few bit out there out there now. There's a well child. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. I that uh, have, no. gives all the information. And there's a autism parenting magazine oh, that's okay. available for for people now. And ambitious about autism offers a right from the start parent toolkit. Oh, right, so okay. the, at least it's come on since um, when you were diagnosed. Mm-hmm. Um, how, how long ago, Anton? Oh, uh, it's uh, wee, a wee while ago. Uh, <laughs> not I'm giving pro- away any ages. <laughs> yeah. No, no, not at all. No, about, it would be about nine, ten years ago I was diagnosed. Okay. And, uh, um, I can say for the fact that it's come on leaps and bounds. Yeah. Uh, especially with the organisations like the National Autistic Society starting to come more to the front. Yeah. And starting to sort of lead the charge, as it were, yeah. for people with autism who might not necessarily you know, be able to communicate that themselves. Yeah. They do a really good job in advocating for them. Yeah, because oh, um, um, I've got these twins um, with my, not really country, but whatever. Their mother gets a free car now so she can transport mm-hmm. the twins around and things. So that's another thing. Instead of having, because they have to go to special classes and things. So there is a lot of help if people sort of, do tell you know these associations what they're, they're so I thought that was quite good, mm-hmm. but when I what another thing with with I thought was interesting with you Anton was when I first met you, you're so full of knowledge. I mean he can't. Few people he, might disagree with that one. <laughs> he comes up with these things and I, I mean I asked him different questions and we we were laughing there about the polar bear on one of the shows with Joy at lunchtime and there. And uh, and I asked him about his tattoos, and he's got so many stories that uh, relate to your autism. So yeah, um, as I say, the autism is a massive part of me um, because it is. Uh, you could argue that it makes you who you are to a certain extent. Like mm. it makes up a, whether I want it to or not. It makes up a large part of my personality. It's just part of the game I'm playing. If you if you pardon the analogy. Absolutely, yeah. It's yeah. interesting you, you've made the analogy of making life like a game and that's effectively your game, that's the hand you've been dealt with. Aye. And you're, you're going with it as best you can, you know? Uh, I try my best, yeah, aye. Yeah. But a few kids are missing at the horn, but I, d- I do try. Yeah. 
Yeah, um, I think uh, you were also saying earlier off there uh, that you were able to use some of that experience to go into youth work. So yeah, maybe break it up. We'll get our wee song in the go, and then uh, yeah, we can talk a wee bit about so your youth work. coming up next, folks. We've got what I've done by Lincoln Park, and then I'll be talking about a bit more about myself. that was uh, what I've done by Lincoln Park. So just before the break there, yeah, we were just sort of alluding to the fact that I've done some youth work before. Uh, I'm going to just talk a little bit about that. Um, so, 
what I used to do was I used to work for a company called Regen FX back in the day, um, and they are a youth organisation based out in Blantyre, based throughout South Lanarkshire. Uh, I used to uh, what I used to do for them specifically was help run and facilitate an autism group called Choose the Troopers. And it was just to give the autistic kids a chance to be that, just kids for once, um, rather than fo- so they don't have to focus on the autism all the time. Where it's their own space, their own group, something to call their own. Um, so, yeah, uh, so that's interesting that you, you wanted to do that. So how much of that was tied into your experiences? So you got diagnosed at, at 16. So how much of that was... Were you inspired by your own diagnosis to go into that, that line of work? Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, I was doing the youth work before I was diagnosed with autism. Uh, you could argue that the youth work helped me through the diagnosis process because I just want to help people. Uh, and I get a slight buzz from helping people. Um, I get a, a feeling of satisfaction from it. Uh, and in terms of what you were saying there, uh, it you, yeah, 100%. 100,000%. That is the case. Excellent. So what kind of work did you do with the... Um, uh, the well, the it, was sort of, it was a sort of free-forming group where we would sort of take it on a week-by-week basis. We would sort of um, go by the room, as it were. We would sort of go by what they were wanting because there's no point putting on this big elaborate show if they're feeling really run down and there's this really... Um, how can I put it to these folks? Sensory overloads, Absolutely. potentially. Because yeah. that's just an unfortunate uh, factor of being autistic is that you do get sensory overloads. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that, that's interesting you've done it by reading the room because this is something you were saying just when we were still preparing the show uh, for this afternoon, Anton, that if, you, uh, if there's any sort of change in routine or something unexpected... Uh, that, that can really throw you off your game. So how would you get around that if, say, like, so you were planning a day out with uh, anybody uh, with the, the kids that were autistic, but some in the room, uh, you could feel the room that they weren't up for an outing? There might have been some that could have been upset by that change. So um, how do you handle things like that with groups of people with autism having different different challenges, different perspectives? Um, <laughs> uh, it comes to... it's. It's like that with any group, I would say. Um, not just the fact they're autistic. Okay. Um, it can be like that with any group. Uh, like it's just a case of managing personalities, really. Uh, and with autism, the personalities can be straight up there through the roof. Um, but no, it's. I wouldn't mind if the, the outing got cancelled just by reading the room. Because... Ah, okay. um, Okay, granted, it's a massive change to my routine, but I can justify it to myself saying, look, there's no point in putting the kids through this if they don't really don't want to. So they're not going to enjoy it, then I'm not going to enjoy it, and it's just going to lead to this whole shabaco, as it were. Yeah, yeah. So that's a coping mechanism. Uh, is, is that generally your coping mechanism that you can, you're still able... You look at the bigger picture, and that helps you through with uh, anything, kind of... Yes, yeah. uh, 100%. Um, you kind of have to look at the bigger picture, especially being autistic. It's very easy to get lost and sort of not see the uh, the bark from the trees, as it were. Yeah. Uh, it's very easy to sort of hyper-fix hyper it. So it, it's helpful, uh, I say this to all, any autistic person listening, is to just take a step back, breathe, 
and just try and try your best to see the bigger picture. Because believe me, it's not as bad as bad as you might think it actually is. And there is a solution just right there. You just need to actually look and see it. Yeah. I guess that that goes for anything, not necessarily if you've got autism, because there are people uh, that can be very challenging for, that they can't quite see the bigger picture. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think that that's, that's a good tip for anybody that's listening. I would agree with that yeah. 100%, yeah. yeah. So. Um, could I ask a question here sure. about music? Oh, right, okay. Okay, does that play a big part in an or- in your life or with an autism does that calm you does it, do you want to you uh, know if it's lively do you like to go around is it is it there a big part oh it's a massive part of me uh, it's a massive part of my personality as well I'm a music lover in, in every sense of the word mm. um, I use it to cope I use it to motivate I use it to calm down I use it for everything um, and it is built into my routine that I'll listen to music at some point during the day. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, today I forgot my earphones. <laughs> so that's a, a, a massive stress that I'm, got, I'm dealing with uh, today. okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, so to answer your question directly. Is it an assortment of music? I, Have you got any genre that you like more than others? Um, I, I tend to like the more emo style of music as you've been hearing in the past couple of minutes ladies and gentlemen, with Linkin Park Bring Me To Life and we've got some Slipknot coming up and we've got a little bit of Elvis Presley following at the back there if... Brilliant uh, so sounds a good mix of music uh, yeah so that, that's interesting that you're saying because there are, there are some people who are talking a little bit off air about quiet hours and shops and all that sort of thing where they'll dim... St- stop all the music and, and that sort of thing because again there's a bit of belief that music and loud noises can uh, as, as you said sen- cause sensory overload mm-hmm. um, yeah uh, 100% like you get those in all the shops now They seem it seems to be the big fashion now um, my argument as I was saying to yourself David is that why make it this talking hour why not just do it as a, a basic standard yeah. for people. Yeah, exactly. I mean, even for not a lot of people uh, who don't have autism, they would really need to hear the same four or five songs on repeat in a in a shop with the odd thing just telling you about 50% off something you don't actually need. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I haven't worked in retail. I know exactly how you feel. Yeah. <laughs> I, I still get flashbacks at Christmas time when Mariah Carey hits the earwaves. <laughs> Yeah, excellent. So I think uh, we've got Brenda Champion at the bit to talk a little bit about the experience of uh, her grandchildren. So I think we'll play one more song and we'll do another wee switch over, Anton. No worries, it's been a pleasure, ladies and gentlemen, absolute pleasure. So this is Before I Forget by Slipknot.
How are we, folks? Back at it again. So it turns out that Brenda wasn't chomping at the bit. She was just really, really engrossed to hear me talking. <laughs> yeah, my bad. I can't yeah. read a room to save myself. So this is why you do youth work and I don't, Anton. <laughs> <laughs> it's normally a women blather, but no, I, I mean, it's so interesting in listening to you, Anton. It's really good. Aye, thank you very, very, very much. I do try my best. I do. I can only really talk about myself and my own experiences. I can't really, you know, talk for other people. Um, I'd be really interested to listen and hear from other people about that. Yeah, well, about the autism yeah, experiences. Yeah. Well, there are two shows. Uh, they were done quite a while ago now. Uh, that were covered autism. So we had. Uh, the South Lancashire branch of the National Autistic Society and about a year ago and uh, w- one of their speakers did talk about diagnosis and adulthood which is different again to even childhood and late childhood and mm. teenage diagnosis So, but again a s- similar story there was relief um, but as we usually always say when we're talking personal experiences on this show that this is our experiences it could be different for you so some of the, the hints and tips you might have heard it's worked for say Anton but it might not work for you, you know? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, you need to find, especially, and I talk to all the autistic people listening, and generally anyone listening to this show, find something that helps, um, because it will make so much of a difference in your life. Like, for me, it's music, as Brenda brought up earlier. Uh, Music is a big, massive sort of comfort blanket for me. That's why you've had quite the, how shall we say, eclectic taste in music today. Yep. Uh, which has been a really good thing to, to listen to, yeah. Uh, normally when I, I do a telling your story, uh, I uh, usually base it on uh, either titles or the song about that theme. So my, my options were looking at songs where uh, it meant something to other internet users of autism. Yeah. Uh, searching through forums like Reddit and all that kind of thing. So that was how I'd come up with the, the few choices at the start. And and your and your your picks have been what, uh, what calms you down ultimately. What what's your crutch? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, hundred percent. Like um, the start of the show was someone picking songs about the internet autism, and the the rest of the show has been an actual autistic person's music. Yeah, been quite a, quite an interesting little tip bit there for folk. Certainly has been. Yeah, yeah. So well, coming up to the end, we've got about five minutes to go. So any closing thoughts? Um, I'll leave you with one as I was saying before find something, find a hobby find, you know, just find something, I can't stress this enough having been through what I've been through myself find a hobby, find something that brings you joy because we all, we all deserve that bit of joy in our lives absolutely, yeah and when you find that hobby, talk about it own it, don't hide it Exactly. It's, that hobby is part of who you are embrace the weird I think, <laughs> I think that's going to be the statement of today. Embrace the weird. Embrace the weird. <laughs> uh, and speaking of embracing the weird, we're going to hit up. We're going to hit off with Elvis Presley, "Devil in Disguise." You look like an angel. Walk like an angel. Talk like an angel. But I got wise You're the devil in disguise Oh yes you are Devil in disguise
That was Devil in Disguise by Elvis Presley. So this is just going to be us signing off for the day. Um, so I'd just like to say my massive thank yous for listening and I'd like to thank David for inviting me on the show. Let me actually have a shot of the, the, his favourite toy here. A pleasure, yeah. Um, that toy's my best friend. <laughs> That's my obsession, my hobby and all. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so 100% me, and I'll leave you with one thought. Um, Brenda mentioned during the break there that they're not bad kids, autistic, they're just misunderstood, and I think that's a very powerful statement. A very powerful statement, actually. Very powerful. Alright, so I'm going to leave you with What a Feeling by Alex Gargano and Kelly Rowland. <laughs>